Welcome. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, This Week in Fakeball, the RBA's only regularly scheduled podcast. It is, uh, what is it today? December the 7th. That's right. It's the evening of December the 7th. I'm broadcasting from my office this time. And this is episode 38 of the podcast. And we are closing out the year, the calendar year, that is 2022. I'm your host, Jeff Hobbs, uh, GM, CEO, CFO, etc. of the Arizona Greenbacks. And um, we're deep into the offseason now, of course. The RBA offseason has been going for, I guess, a couple months at this point. And I don't really have any updates for you. Uh, just, just the one first round playoff series has been played. I haven't heard anything about when the other one will be played. So nothing, nothing much for you there regarding RBA 2022. We're in that dead time uh, going into the winter. So yeah. Um, so what should I talk about? What should I talk about? Well, actually, I have RBA trivia. That's right. I've got a, I've got a brand spanking new RBA trivia question for you. And this is a recent uh, one or kind of a modern era question, if you will. So the new coaches uh, might not feel left out on this one. Here goes. Here's the question. All right. Five of the last seven players selected first overall in the regular RBA draft. So I'm not talking about expansion drafts or anything like that. Five of the last seven players selected first overall, 2016 through 2022, have last names starting with the letter M. Five out of seven, all right, have last names starting with the letter M. Name as many of them as you can. All right, so be thinking about that. Think about think think of the five players whose last names uh, start with the letter M and were taken first overall in any of the last seven RBA seasons. Okay, so what are we going to do today? Well, the main focus, the main focus of today's episode will be on the 2017 RBA season. We're stepping back in time five years. And uh, well, what was going on in the 2017 season? Well, by this point, we had completed the transition from uh, JR's old program, which started off on his calculator to APBA baseball. I mentioned this before, but 2014, we doubled the, the, the schedule, the, the number of games per team. 2015, we put cash into the league and some teams started, uh, some managers started playing their own games, a few anyway. And in 2016, we had our first ever auction, right? So 2017, everything is settling down. The coaches are settling in and, um, Let's uh, let's hit the highlights of the 2017 season, shall we? First of all, the auction. Well, there were three big names in the auction. There were three players who went for uh, <clears throat> triple digits. Trey Turner to Dunedin for $170. Uh, catcher Gary Sanchez to Arizona for $140. And shortstop Trevor Story to the uh, Las Vegas Effect for $121. Those were the big names. Uh, three pretty pricey players there. And all three players are still on the teams that paid that, that paid for them way back in 2017. Sanchez, of course, has been very up and down throughout his career. Stories, Story and Turner have been fairly consistent, I would say. Okay, um, one other thing. 
One other thing that I remember from the 2017 season, specifically going into it, getting ready for the draft and everything, was that there was just no starting pitching in the league that year, or at least, uh, you know, it, it was kind of reminiscent of the 20, uh, let me think about this. I think it was the 2008 RBA season that was like that as well. In 2008, I made a couple of trades to get better. I actually traded for Adam Wainwright, I remember, and Gil Mesh may have been the other. Um, there just wasn't a lot of good starting pitching in 2008. Same thing for 2017. And if you look at the draft, I'm talking like grade six pitchers were going in the first round, second round. Now, some of these guys were big names. Maybe there was some bounce back potential there. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman was a first round pick. Again, just like a kind of a grade six pitcher, uh, obviously no, no longer young. And Adam Wainwright, kind of same thing. I went when I believe in the second round. So it was a it was a weak draft actually overall I think um especially if you didn't have one of those first like three picks let's say. So it was tough. It was tough to uh have a good team and in particular have a good pitching staff and one thing that I've noticed about 2017 and I'm remembering it a little bit more now is that the average team was worse overall not you know so mainly because of starting pitching. Uh, but possibly because of other things as well. Um, long story short, I have a sort of baseline prediction that my spreadsheet makes for each team. And then what I do is I adjust the team average score to 80, uh, meaning that I adjust the uh, average predicted wins to 81 per team, right? So in, in an average season, I would say that the I would say that in an average season the average team gets bumped up maybe two wins so it's a kind of a conservative base estimate that I use and then that again usually gets adjusted upward by not not by a lot but by a couple wins in this season it was adjusted upward by like five wins uh, it was a pretty big boost that I had to give the teams in the league this season so what were those spreadsheet scores once we got through the auction and once we got through the draft what were the what were the team scores heading into opening day? Average is 80, borderline great is 120, and borderline terrible is 40, at least according to my little opinion here. So uh, here's what we have. Well, let's start with the Larkin division. We'll go top to bottom. In the Larkin division, the top score and the top score in the league on opening day belong to the Dunedin Clear Blues at a 133 in second place with a 109. So in very good, but not great territory, I guess you have the Las Vegas effect with an 86. So just above average, uh, the Arizona greenbacks with a 42 big drop off. Uh, you have the Atlanta avalanche kind of borderline terrible. I guess you could say, and how about this in last place in the Larkin with a score of 23. The Elm Grove Cardinals. Uh, this needs to be talked about briefly because Elm Grove had never really had a terrible team. Uh, they did finish one season as the ass of the league per my uh, replays, but even that team wasn't really that bad. There was a lot of parity in the league that year, at least at the bottom of the standings. So it wasn't like, you know, they were, it wasn't like that other team was historically bad. This one, this one was, it certainly became historically bad. And 23 is an awfully bad score to start off with too. 
So anyway, those were the Larkin Division scores, Dunedin, Vegas, Arizona, Atlanta, and then Elm Grove uh, by the rankings. Over to the Pucket, the Berea Bombers with a score of 113. So uh, so Capados rise up. Revenge of the Capati. Capados is Capati? Whatever. Uh, Berea is, is, uh, has arrived. A score of 113, easily leading the Pucket Division on opening day. Then with a score of 84, the SoCal Templar Knights, just above average. And then just below average with a score of 74, the Silver City Vultures, and with a score of 72, the Middletown Mounties. And finally, last place in the Pucket, but with a score of 65, very good for a last place, you know, whatever, uh, worst team, if you will, the Fort Duquesne Corsairs. So, uh, so a lot of parity in the Pucket Division with Boreas, you know, standing out as the really, really good team. Uh, and then a lot of parity after that, I guess you would say. Okay, so we begin the season. There is a lot of trading happening throughout the course of the season. And let me go ahead and give you the standings through 80 games, so basically the halfway point in the season. Here's how, uh, here's how things started out. Here's how, here's how the first half of the 2017 season went. Again, I'll go division by division. So starting with the Larkin, Dunedin had a record through 80 games of 47 and 33. Las Vegas was three games behind at 44 and 36, and Arizona was nipping at their heels at 43 and 37. So a nice race going on in the Larkin. Atlanta was a fairly predictable 33 and 47, and Elm Grove was 27 and 53. You want to think about the old RBA when we played 81 games per team. That's kind of what you're looking at. This is through 80. So anyway, Elm Grove with only 27 wins up to that point. Over in the pocket, uh, Berea starts off 48 and 32. Fort Duquesne, 42 and 38. Silver City, 42 and 38 as well. How about go back to Fort Duquesne, though? 42 and 38. That's worth mentioning uh, in light of their spreadsheet score of 65. Uh, again, Silver City also 42 and 38. Uh, I have Chicago here. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, so I was talking about SoCal, but I think SoCal was Chicago. I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but uh, the Struzinskis, I think, left the league at the beginning of the 2017 season. So when I said SoCal has a score of 84, you can call that Chicago instead, I guess. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Chicago is 38 and 42, and Middletown is 36 and 44. So I mentioned there was a lot of trading. And let me give you the spreadsheet scores post-trade deadline, so going out to the end of the 2017 season. All right, Las Vegas beefs up in a big way. They jump all the way from 109 to 144. 144 is a historically great team. Not, not the greatest of all time or, you know, necessarily in the top few, but it's, it's still way up there. 144. Uh, Dunedin gets a tiny bit better. They move to a 137. Arizona jumps significantly from an 86 to a 105, not in great range, but I would say very good range. Atlanta actually goes from a 42 to a 47, and Elm Grove, well, if you're wondering why those other teams got so much better, Elm Grove was part of the reason, although not all of the reason. Elm Grove falls from a 23 to a negative 3. Negative 3, just so you know. Uh, works out to about 51 predicted wins. So this is about a 51 and 111 type of team. Uh, one of the worst teams of all time by the, you know, end of the season. 
Over in the pucket, Berea bumps themselves up from a 113 to a 126. They're now a great team, I would say. Chicago is an 89. Silver City bumps themselves up to an 83. Four Duquesne sells off in a big way, dropping from a 65 to a 42. And Middletown sells off even more, dropping from a 72 to a 30. So a lot less parity by the end of the season. This happens a lot. And I think 2017 was the start of kind of us seeing a lot of that. But anyway, in, in the more modern era, that is. All right. So we play out the season. And let me give you the final standings. Here's how things shook out. Winning the Larkin Division with a record of 98 and 64. The Las Vegas effect, not too surprising. Finishing in second, also not surprising. The Dunedin Clear Blues with a mark of 96 and 66. In third, the Arizona Greenbacks, 89 and 73. They grabbed the last playoff spot. In fourth place, uh, Atlanta goes 65 and 97. And how about Elm Grove putting up a mighty, a monumental, a spectacular a record of 48 and 114. They finish 50 and even 50 games out of first place. All right, over in the Pucket Division. Uh, the Berea Bombers finish in first with a mighty 105-win season. Silver City finishes 88 and 74. The Chicago Wave, nay, uh, what was it, SoCal Templar Knights, uh, finish 82 and 80. Fort Duquesne goes 83, uh, sorry, 73 and 89. And the Middletown Mounties bring up the rear with a record of 63 and 99, narrowly avoiding that uh, 100-loss season. Um, okay, so let's see here. I'm just uh, checking out a couple of things. I see a Oh, never mind. Um, okay, sorry. I'm kind of looking at this as I speak, so there might be a hiccup here and there. Anyway, other notable accomplishments as far as individual performances go, individual players go. Uh, this was the year that Edwin Encarnacion of Arizona hit no fewer than 65 home runs, and he was not the OPS leader. Actually, there were a couple players who finished a good 100 points above Encarnacion, maybe, maybe not 100, but close to it. Uh, Chicago's Mike Trout had what's got to be his career year. And of course, with a guy like Mike Trout, that's saying something. Mike Trout finished with an OPS of 1.158. And Silver City's Miguel Cabrera was 1.114. 11.14 for Cabrera, 11.58 for Trout. As far as pitchers go, starting pitchers, Berea's uh, Justin Verlander finished with a record of 22-7. and seven while Las Vegas's Trevor Bauer had an ERA of 2.44, leading, leading all starting pitchers by a good bit. And as far as relief pitchers are concerned, Berea's Andrew Miller leads the league by far with 41 saves. Arizona's Pat Neshek leads all relievers with an ERA of 113. 113. Uh, Berea ended up being the team that ripped through the playoffs, taking out Arizona in five games in the first round, and then taking out Las Vegas in six games in the RBA championship. So again, Kapadai, Kapadai rise up. This was their season, and, uh, and they made the most of it, to be sure. Uh, let's see here. So I think now it's time. Let me click around a little bit here. It's time for me to go to the replays.
So here goes. Uh, the replay results. I ran these a while ago. I haven't had to run the more recent seasons again because the lineups and everything were already in, in there. Uh, but here goes. So let's see here. 2017. All right. I'll go Larkin and then Puckett top to bottom like I usually do. Winning the Larkin division with an average... <laughs> Whew, winning the Larkin division with an average of 105.4 victories per preplay, uh, replay, 105.4. That's quite a number. Uh, the Dunedin Clear Blues, they made the playoffs all 20 times. And, uh, I mean, their worst replay was 99 wins. Uh, they, had a, they had one replay in which they won 120. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, Las Vegas finishes in second, not surprisingly with an average of 103.2, 103.2. They actually missed the playoffs in one of those, but they made it the other 19 times. So, yeah. Third place, not surprisingly, is Arizona. Arizona finishes with an average of 87.8 uh, wins per preplay and makes the playoffs nine times out of 20. So basically a coin flip. Interestingly enough, in one of the 20 preplays that I ran, Arizona went 65 and 97. That's an 88 win team just happens to uh, to win 65 in one of those preplays or replays. Yeah, so interesting. Uh, Atlanta averages 67 and a half wins per replay, and Elm Grove averages 48. They managed to get in under my predicted total of 51 with a 48 average. They had one. Uh, <laughs> one in which they won 40 games, and I believe that was their worst. Uh, their best was 50, uh, 57, 57 wins. All right, over to the Puckett Division. Winning the Puckett Division, not surprisingly, the Berea Bombers. But could they top Dunedin's total of 105.4? The answer is almost, 104.2. So Dunedin does win the 2017 replays. They will play in the next champions match. Not Berea, not the actual league champion from 2017, but Berea has nothing to be ashamed of, of course, with 104.2 average replay wins and 20 out of 20 playoff appearances. Chicago finishes second with 85.5 average wins and four playoff appearances. Silver City, 85.3, I mean, just a skosh behind Chicago, and actually eight playoff appearances out of the 20 tries. Uh, then you've got Fort Duquesne at 68.8. Remember, this is a depleted Fort Duquesne, followed by, in last place, a much de depleted, after the trades, Middletown Mounties Club. The Mounties averaged 54.4 wins per replay. That number surprises me. That seems that seems really low, but then again, they did, they, they did sell off in a big way. So there you go. So the, the ass of the 2017 uh, replays is Elm Grove, not surprisingly. And the champion is also from the Larkin division, the Dunedin Clear Blues. They will play next month in my little uh, series of series or whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, anyway, so all right. So that does it for my replay results. And now I believe it's time to revisit RBA trivia. So let's talk a little bit about uh, let's talk a little bit about the last few drafts. Again, the trivia question was as follows: Name as many, uh, name as many players, name as many of the five players 
who in the last seven years uh, both had a last name starting with M and were selected first overall in the draft. Here goes. In 2016, Kendrys Morales was the first overall pick. In 2017, Kenta Maeda was the first overall pick. In 2018, Sean Manaya went first. In 2019, so four times in a row, Miles Michaelis went first. And in 2021, Tristan McKenzie went first. So four of those five players are uh, were, were slash are whatever starting pitchers. And if you're curious who the other two first round picks were, well, in 2020, Keston Hiera was the first overall pick. And in 2022, Carlos Rodon went first overall. And uh, so that's the answer to your trivia question. Morales, Maeda, Manaya, Michaelis, and McKenzie. All right, so here's a brief look forward before we before I jump off here. Uh, looking ahead, uh, what do we have? So the January podcast will be, uh, you know, uh, it'll be the ass match, the champions match. And I'll talk a little bit about where we were in 2017 going into 2018. And then in, uh, that's the January one. And then in February, I'm planning to talk about 2018. After that, again, we'll, we'll be sort of into draft drafting season. We'll be, we'll be right around RBA weekend. And so, as always, I'll probably pause, or as usual, I'll probably pause this series to talk about, you know, the, uh, the RBA auction and draft and RBA weekend in general. So that's kind of what I'm looking at doing. Um, I will probably finish this series, and well, in terms of getting us caught up to where we are now, I would guess, you know, by the end of next year. I think that we should get caught up right around uh, a year from now. So that'll be fun. I've got a few ideas of things to do after that. Uh, but this podcast will run for at least another year on a regular monthly basis, I think. And then after that, who knows? Who knows? If, uh, if you guys want me to keep it up, I'll keep it up. And I might keep it up anyway, even if you don't. How's that? Um, anyway, I think that's enough yammering, uh, from my end. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's December and the next time I see you, it'll be a brand new year. So I'll talk to you all pretty soon. And until then, until the next time, have a good one. <laughs>